Bringing you the top stories from Bonners Ferry to St. Mary's and everywhere in between, this is the North Idaho PrepCast with Ryan Skaggs. That's right. It's another edition of the North Idaho PrepCast here on IdahoSports.com, talking everything District 1. I'm Brandon Bainey, and now here's the guy who always washes his hands with Don Dish Soap. Ryan Skaggs. What's going on, Ryan? Not always. <laughs> Only when I cut jalapenos, unlike you. So, yeah, no, it's uh, it's going well. It's Wednesday, and uh, we recovered from, from week one. So uh, we're here and ready for another week of, of sports here in North Idaho. Yeah, and in terms of overall athletic programs, I don't know that anybody I, – I, well, I know for a fact nobody had a better week than Lake City High from Coeur d'Alene. They just dominated – every sport across the board yeah no a great week for the timberwolves i mean obviously i mean they even won cross country so i mean soccer teams uh swept the district five and six teams from southern idaho i mean boys and girls looked awesome um you had what a football team beat lakeland then the volleyball team won the judy fong volleyball tournament down in lewiston so you know hats off to the t-wolves they had an awesome week this last week so um you know can give a shout out to them that I mean obviously there's no no easy weeks here but uh definitely definitely shown and outshone anybody I think statewide too I mean they probably had the best week of anyone yeah the Lake City boys soccer team I think is real they're they're legit they're looking really strong uh the volleyball program we talked about won the Judy Fong tournament Lakeland didn't even advance into the bracket portion the winner's bracket they they had to settle for the consolation <laughs> side of the bracket which was kind of surprising at the at the Judy yeah. tournament, and then yeah, let's let's talk about that football game because uh, they also matched up with Lakeland uh, there, and for the Hawks an zero and two start not ideal, and for Lake City we talked about the big question was going to be who was going to play quarterback, and it turns out it was uh, Josiah Weaver, and he, he did pretty well. Yeah, I mean he had a manageable game, and uh, really in the second half was able to start putting things together and had a touchdown uh, late to to Zach Johnson. So I mean like they putting things together. I mean, the T-Wolves finally kind of found their groove. Um, and we wondered about that going into the game. Like, how was it going to be a tale of two halves? Who was going to show up? Um, you know, I think, I believe it was 3-0 at halftime. Lakeland had the lead. Um, and then the T-Wolves got the, the two touchdowns in the second half to close things out. But uh, the one thing that stood out, I was talking to to my buddy Craig um, Shaver, who was in the booth with me on Friday night. But um, he was able to watch the film on that game and said he's like the physicality is what what separated the game in the second half that Lake City got more physical and was really able to impose their will and that was what kind of sealed the deal for them so hats off to them and getting their first victory and going one and zero to start the year so that's a that's a big deal for them yeah and for Lakeland now this is through two games nine total points that is um, yeah. It's 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 surprising to me because they've got so many capable uh, playmakers. <clears throat> yeah, and the thing about it though is I wouldn't push the panic button yet if I was them because you look at how many points they've given up. Their defense is keeping them in the game, so if they can figure out things on offense, they're going to be there. I mean, their defense is holding holding some decent athletes pretty steady, so I wouldn't freak out too much. But definitely up front on the offensive side, I mean that's what stands out on film. Um, you know, if they can clean that stuff up, they're not out of it by any means. I mean, it's kind of like what we saw last year where a lot of their games are one or two possession games. Um, so their defense is, is going to keep them in it. It's just a matter of, you know, how can they react and how can they change things on offense to get some some mojo going and find the end zone. 
for sure. Well, speaking I mean, of you solid, can't, you can't win. You can't win a lot of games. You only have one touchdown in two games. Yeah, it's 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 tough. It's a tough way to try and uh, get it done. That's for sure. Speaking of good defensive yeah. performances, let's talk about the game you were at broadcasting for IdahoSports.com, Sandpoint at Post Falls, and I think the Bulldogs said, "Hey, we we've arrived to to, to the rest of the state." Yeah. We already, you and I knew how good Sandpoint is, but I think everybody else around the state finally saw it as the Bulldogs defeated Post Falls thirty-five to seven. You know, there was it was amazing to see was that I believe there was only five drives that didn't go three and out. I mean, that's that's a crazy stat um, that when you can do that to a five A team that and a, and a and a a team that can put up some pretty gaudy numbers um on offense i mean post falls is able to light it up if they if they get things rolling that offense the no huddle and how fast that they run i mean they can throw the ball 40 times in a game um you know one it's going to extend the length of the game and i think that's what we really saw sandpoint do in the second half was they played defense with their offense and change things up uh, but defensively man they are stout i tell you what their front seven is great but what might be even better is that secondary is is tough. Their safeties are as good as anyone. And I'll, I'll put them, I mean, with the likes of, I would say defensively, I mean, I'm excited for the game Friday night. I don't want to break it down too soon yet, but um, they are as good as anyone in four A ranks in the state of Idaho. That, that defense is for real. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you uh, Ryan that uh, I vote in the uh, media poll each week for um, the statewide media poll for football. I had Sandpoint number two in my poll this week, only behind. Absolutely. Three. Only behind Bishop Kelly, and that's, I mean, that's just, you're splitting hairs at that point, but um, I, I'm really high on this Sandpoint team, and I, I told you that I think that I, they're my 4A title favorite right now in the state of Idaho. So You know, everybody talks about, and Garrett Cox had a great game. I mean, he was our IdahoSports.com player of the game, but Parker Pettit is for real. That kid, and he's only a junior. He is legit. Yeah. I mean... And we haven't really seen them open the playbook passing wise for him. I mean, it was the route concepts were fairly basic because I think they were trying to feel out what's what post falls kept adjusting to on defense between going from the man to zone concept. And, you know, you don't have to pass when you're able to get eight yards of carry. I mean, <laughs> you don't really need to spin it too much. And uh, i tell you what, that inside zone read when, when Pettit keeps it, I mean, it's, it's for real. Like you watch that game on film and it is pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to say I'm not a man of few words, but really when I was watching that offensively, um, it was kind of hard to sit there and go, like, you, how can you not kind of look at this team and go, wow. And that was week one. I don't know what they're going to be like later in the year, but week one, whew, that's, yeah. that's a pretty pretty, pretty outstanding debut. Let me ask you real quick, what did you see from Post Falls? It, like like we said, they've, they've got the offense that's capable of exploding, but to, to only be held to seven points was eye-opening to me. The and I don't want to to dog on kids at all, but the one thing that stood out was the amount of drops. That was what what Craig and I noticed on offense. They dropped a ton of balls and wide open. I mean, like we're talking twenty yard, twenty plus yard gains that were dropped, and they had two touchdowns that were dropped as well that ended up getting zero points out of those drives. So I mean, you look at that; it's a lot closer game than really the gameplay indicated, um, but. You know, you can't have drops like that and expect to win games. I mean, they were double-digit in the drop category. Um, you know, you throw two two interceptions. Um, one of them was pretty costly because it did turn for six on the touchdown on the following play. Um, so you got to look at that and take it with, you know, some substance. But, you know, they're a capable team. They're able to move the ball. The running back showed great flashes. 
Um, the running game can be effective, you know, and, and in the passing game, they got some some deep threats. I mean, the kid that, that transferred from, from Mead and Spokane, he's the real deal, but, you know, like I said, drops. I mean, we got to look at that, and if they can, you know, really focus on that and clean it up, I know it's week one. Um, you know, they're going to make some noise. I could see them as a playoff team pretty easily. I don't think that they showed their best right out of the gate. And uh, there was a little bit of, I don't want to say discombobulation, but it really took them a solid quarter and a half to get things going. Um, and then in the second half, they just didn't get opportunities to play offense. Yeah. Well, I'll say this, you know, when we look back at the end of the year, we we might say Sandpoint was the toughest team they played as well. So, you know, tough, tough opener yeah. for most falls also. The the final uh, yeah. IEL team from District 1 that was in action was Coeur d'Alene. They played on Saturday at the Rocky Mountain Rumble in Madison, uh, Madison High in Rexburg. <laughs> It was, it was a tough opener. We talked about Lehigh, 6A team from Utah, which is the largest classification there. And then the Pioneers uh, almost shut out the Vikings. They won 33-7. to Yeah, and Lehigh, you know, is legit. I mean, watch a little bit of that game on film, and that, that team is for real. I mean, if they were in Idaho school, <laughs> I mean, they would be the favorite. I mean, you put them against anybody, and uh, they would probably be the favorite week in and week out just based on what they brought to the table. Um, Coeur d'Alene, you know, and, and Coach Amos said it in the paper this week, was that, you know, we're not going to freak out about this game, but we're certainly not going to pass the opportunity to learn from it. And, um, you know, I would expect to see things turn around for the Vikings. I wouldn't expect them to run from anything by any means. They've got the pedigree. They've got the coaching staff. And the kids are used to success. So that does mean something. Um, you know, but they've got a test this week. They can't you know, go from week one to this week and be looking down the schedule. I mean, the Sandpoint game does mean something for them. So it's going to be an interesting test for the Vikings to see how they kind of recoup from, I don't want to say getting taken to the woodshed, but it really wasn't a close game by any means. Right, and and that was Lehigh's third game of the season. It was the first game for Coeur d'Alene, and so they, they had already they looked up. They looked way more polished. Let's just yeah. be honest. I mean, you could tell the difference on who was in week one and who was in week three. Yep, for sure. And Coeur d'Alene now with that loss has already matched their loss total from last year when they went nine and one. Big difference is that that one loss came in the semifinals to Rocky Mountain. They came into that matchup nine and oh. I think it's almost better to to get a loss under your belt early. Um, whereas last year Coeur d'Alene was undefeated going into the playoffs and and with each passing week, the pressure uh intensifies when you've got that undefeated mark, I think. Well, and as like Ben Franklin says, you know, things that hurt instruct. So it's good to get things out of the way that you can take your lumps and actually have something to work on the next week instead of going, you know, 48 and zero and think you're winning, you know, when beating the world. Um, so I really do expect just knowing the way that Coach Amos coaches, he's not going to he's not going to let the kids forget what happened. Um, this last weekend because there's going to be definitely something to work on, you know, and, and they strive for perfection. You know, let's let's be honest, it really matters against the Idaho schools, but you want to have success every week. Um, but, you know, it's a team that could really honestly go, you know, seven and three and still, you know, battle for a state title. It really could happen that way. Just that's the way things work in the state of Idaho. So, you know, I'm not going to freak out and hit the panic button and, expect to put on the parachute to jump out of the plane yet. <laughs> so right. It's, yeah. Yeah. 
Only week one, that's for sure. Uh, let's let's talk about some of those three A schools in the Intermountain League. Um, I think the big, the big game we wanted to, to keep an eye on was Timberlake traveling all the way to St. Anthony to play South Fremont, uh, a semifinal team from a year ago. And uh, the Cougars looked a little more seasoned with the 27 to 12 win. But for Timberlake, you know, I thought they hung tough and have a lot to feel good about from that game. Yeah. And, you know, Timberlake, the thing about it is they, you know, the type of offense that they run. Um, if you run into, a, you know, another physical team that doesn't give you a lot of, of touches, you know, you don't have the opportunity to score a lot of points. And South Fremont did a really good job of controlling the ball and not giving up a lot of turnovers. And that kept Timberlake away from the offensive side of the ball. I mean, they, they got their possessions. They got some touchdowns out of it. But, um, you know, it's also a type of offense that every week it gets a little bit better and you can add your wrinkles as you go along. Um, so, I mean, I, I still think Timberlake is a team to be really considered, you know, in the, in the grand picture. I don't know if they're a state title favorite by any stretch yet, but I still, you know, seeing what they have and, and the skill positions that they've got, you know, they're, they're still a favorite in the IML. Um, but the real team that I'm, I've got my eye on based on what happened on Saturday's Kellogg. So I don't know if you were going to bring up that game, but uh, yeah. what they did to St. Mary's a drubbing 32 to zero, um, you know, is this, is the Kellogg team legit? And the answer could be, I mean, we'll see what, what St. Mary's does in the next couple of weeks, but the answer could be, yeah. I mean, we talked about them with the running game that they had coming back and that type of offense that they run, they're going to be able to score some points and that, you know, against the loggers, they definitely didn't miss the end zone. Let's put it that way. Yeah. And we were surprised by that because we thought St. Mary's, the, you know, the lumberjacks had a chance to be a playoff team this year and they still do. I mean, that's one loss doesn't, cast that aside but but they were so impacted by covid last year with their schedule we were really excited to see how they came out and yeah you you said it a 32 nothing shutout at the hands of kellogg we you know we talked about kellogg as as a sleeper team you know they bring back the iml offensive player the year ripley luna their junior quarterback and you know he's got he's got some good receivers to throw to as well so they're kind of the opposite of timber yeah. where they're they'll throw it around well, and he can run yeah he can spin it, but let's not forget he can run pretty well too. And that's the the I think the equalizer in all this is that you know you can't just focus on on one being one dimensional. They're going to hurt you in multiple ways, and you know so as things move on in the season, you maybe try to shut his running game down. Maybe we see him blow up and hit a couple two hundred plus fifty plus yard passing games. That wouldn't surprise me by any means. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean you look at them and then. You've got like the contrast with Bonner's Ferry. I mean, obviously losing 14 to 13 um, in their opener to a Montana school in Lincoln County. You know, there's a learning curve in there too. And, you know, I think you keeping it close is a respectable score. I mean, the real test that we'll see what they do against Grangeville this week. Um, that could be a great game. I mean, that's got the potential. Grangeville played Moscow tough. Um, so what, what do the Bulldogs do? In, uh, against the Badgers in week two it would be kind of an interesting game to keep an eye on as well. Um, and then, obviously, you finally get to see this week um, Priest River is going to open against Medical Lake from Washington, which Medical Lake, if you know, in the Northwest football, <laughs> isn't the strongest program. So there's, an, there's a bright spot there that maybe Priest River puts something together and throws the first victory on the board in three years. I mean, that would be awesome to see for them. And the Spartans, I know, have – earned it the kids that have stuck it out 
you know, they deserve a win more than anybody, but wins are never given their earned. So, you know, you got to go out and actually put things together on Friday night, but they've got an opportunity in front of them with medical Lake for sure. Yeah. And that's, uh, they, they're so young still. They've been young forever, it seems like, and they still have a bunch of underclassmen that they're relying on at Priest River. Just some quick background info on Lincoln County High School in Eureka, Montana. Um, they're a Class B school in Montana, so Montana goes double A, A, B, C, and that would equal – so double A would be like 5A here, A would be like 4A, B would be like 3A. So that's an even match in terms of classification, but Lincoln County High School is the largest Class B school in the state of montana and bonners ferry i'm pretty confident is not anywhere near the top of the 3a leaderboard no enrollment so that actually was a much larger school that bonners ferry was going up against and to only lose by one is pretty impressive so just a little background yeah it. and that's like i said the badgers they could have a great season i mean we kind of talked about that iml being a free-for-all with the top three teams um you know, it's going to be who's thrown haymakers the last three or four weeks of the season is where it's really going to get interesting. Yeah, for sure. And then finally, let's talk about these 1A schools. I thought maybe collectively as a group, they had the best showing. Um, you had just a wild game between Lakeside and Lewis County. Uh, the Knights end up winning 30 to 26 with a really late score. It was kind of a back and forth game. Yeah, and they actually stopped Lewis County at the six-yard line as time ran out. So, I mean, the defensive stand to close the game out. So, congratulations to the Knights. That was a big win on a Friday night. And we'll talk about in our uh, our helmet sticker portion of this but on that game because somebody had a huge game um, for the Knights in that one. But, yeah, I mean, that was a huge win, uh, picking up the, you know, the victory against the, uh, I believe it's the, the co-op between Highland and, and Nez Perce. Um, the Lewis County team is so you know yep. they're they're historically they get some athletes too so uh, a good win for Lakeside to start the thing start the year out Wallace got a, a big victory they beat Kootenai in kind of a back and forth battle 46 42 um, so a good win for them Clark Fork you know beat the breaks off of Troy Montana 56 to or 36 sorry no 56 to 6 yeah um, so a huge win. I mean, I don't care what class you are. You win by 50. You're doing something right. Um, and then, you know, we got to see. Let's see. I mean, I'm going through the scoreboard again. I mean, those are it for the small schools because this week we finally get to see Mullen play Thompson Falls. And that game is going to be in St. Regis. Um, so I know we're excited for that one because the three-headed monster for the Tigers getting loose is going to be uh, fun to watch this year. I think that they've got a legit shot at winning a state championship too. So we've got some contenders up north. Um, big schools and small schools. So I'm, I'm thinking that, you know, it could be a decent year for District 1, um, especially at the small school areas, because I want to see if, if I'm telling you, if, if Lakeside puts it together and keeps playing tough, um, they're going to be a tough out this year. They got some serious players. Yeah, last year they – Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, la la I was going to say last year Lakeside had a lot of hype and, and – um, kind of the same deal people thought they were and maybe they just weren't quite ready you know maybe a year too early uh in terms of the the state playoff level they kind of had a pretty quick exit but i i agree i think they're ready for a a prolonged playoff run this year it was a rough opening week for my home state of montana in these uh cross-state matchups with uh idaho you know <laughs> uh troy got dominated lincoln county only won by one anaconda lost to salmon over on the eastern part of the state and there will be a uh, a ton of uh, Montana Idaho matchups coming up this weekend. 
um, especially in the north. You talked about Thompson Falls playing Mullen St. Regis, and then Kellogg will play uh, Corvallis, uh, the Corvallis Blue Devils. Uh, they're about 10 miles from where I grew up in Montana, so I would love to see Kellogg just beat the pants off of them as well. So, <laughs> <laughs> Which could possibly happen. I mean, the way Kellogg's playing right now, we'll – you know, I wouldn't put them out any week. That that offensive showing is going to be is going to be a fun one to watch, and we think we've got them in a couple weeks too. So I'm excited to see them live in person. Yeah, for sure. And then real quick, I just wanted to give a shout out to Kootenai as well. You know, it's been a tough uh, tough couple of years for the Warriors. Um, last year they only played, you know, three or four games because of COVID. The year before that they didn't have a team. So really, like you, you have to go all the way back to like 2018, the last time they had a full schedule of games. And, you know, they looked they looked pretty good out of the gate with a new coach, yeah. uh, Jake Pfeiffer. He was uh, a member of the last team that uh, got to the playoffs at, at Kootenai. Yeah, I mean, they played well. It was respectable. I mean, back in, like I said, back and forth game, and it was a one possession game. I mean, Wallace obviously winning 46 to 42, but you can come out after kind of a two-year hiatus come out and throw 42 on the board you know that's a, a light years difference compared to where they were a few years ago um, where they were struggling to get touchdowns so you know having an offensive showing like that I mean it can breathe some new blood into that program and uh, hopefully you can see them maybe pick up a victory or two this week I know they've got a tough test this week uh, they're playing at Kendrick so no no favors done on, on a favorite that Tigers team is for real I mean we saw them down in southern Idaho this last week but uh, Kendrick is a, is a good program. Um, and then we've got Lakeside playing at Deary, which should be a great game this week. Um, going back through the schedule, Lakeside, Washington is at St. Mary's. Shadle Park, a 3A school, now 2A in Washington, um, is playing at Timberlake. Um, and then uh, Medical Lake, like you said, is playing Priest River. Uh, Lakeland's going to be traveling down to Columbia, so it should be an interesting game down there. Um, and the Road Warriors, man, the Lakeland Hawks putting in the miles this year already, having to go to Butte to play Preston and now making the trip down to Nampa and play Columbia. Um, Clark Fork, we got actually got a 1A matchup now. Clark Fork is playing at Wallace. So one of those league games now taking place, which is um, going to be interesting to see. Obviously, there's the, the class difference, but uh, or the – sorry, <clears throat> the uh, size difference between the programs, but um, should be a good game. And then um, – yeah, Thompson Falls playing at Mullen at St. Regis. Finally get to see Mullen in, in week one play for them. Um, Kellogg at Corvallis. And then our game that we've got, Coeur d'Alene at Sandpoint, is the one that I am uh, absolutely stoked about. So Yeah, let's dive into that one because I'm, I'm not big on like hyperbole, but this this could be the game of the year in District 1 and in the IEL, certainly. Yeah, regardless of classification, I mean, you look at the two programs and how they do things. Um, you know, Sandpoint under Coach Knowles has really turned things, I think turning a corner. They've always been really competitive, um, but it's a different team now. You look at this and they've got a different swagger to them um, to where it's, you know, they're a little bit more out in the front and open about, you know, they know they're good. Let's put it that way. Um they're not brash as far as I think, you know, flaunting and taunting people, but they, they know that they, they're a successful team. They're going to have a successful year, but they back it up with their gameplay. And, you know, I said it last week and I'm just, I would not surprise you one bit if Sandpoint wins this game. I'm going to be honest with you and just say right now, it wouldn't shock me if Sandpoint wins um, just because they play so soundly on offense and their defensive play. I mean, um, they're like I said, their their front seven's legit, 
But the back end of that offense, I think, can compete with the athletes that Coeur has got. Um, what I think it comes down to is going to be the, the decision-making of Banks and the quarterback for Coeur d'Alene. If he can limit turnovers, Coeur d'Alene's obviously – it's going to be a back-and-forth battle. I mean, we're going to look at it, and it's gonna, it could – this game could either go – 14-13, or it could be 52-49. I mean, the, the, let's not be honest about this. I, I see it's going to be one of those two results in that type of game. It's where it's just going to be an offensive juggernaut where, you know, you know, 50 to 40-yard gains every other play, or it's going to be two defensive, you know, stout units going back and forth. So do you have a, do you have a prediction on how you think – who you think will come out on top? Because I've got one, and we'll see. Sandpoint wins. Okay, here's I'll give you, I'll give you the, the 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 prediction. If Sandpoint wins, it's gonna be like Sandpoint's got a kicker, by the way. That's legit. So let's let's put that one up front too. Uh, if they win, I'm saying 27-20. If Sandpoint wins, they're gonna they're gonna stay placed out on defense. They'll get a couple turnovers. They'll win. Um, not on a turnover. They get a turnover that will lead to the game-winning touchdown. Let's put it that way. Um, if Coeur d'Alene wins, it's going to be like 42 to 20. I think Coeur d'Alene will flex. If they're going to win, they're going to flex muscle and they're going to pull away late um, just because of numbers. Because um, Sandpoint does have a few guys in key positions that are playing two ways to where I know the Vikings have a couple that do that too, but for the most part, they're they're one-way guys. Um Sandpoint did a great job. I mean, just I'm kind of going back through Friday night's game. Sandpoint get, did a great job of substitutions um, and getting getting Garrett Cox breathers at the right time, and they didn't really miss a beat. I mean, West Benefield had a monster of a game very quietly. Like, he was so consistent and in on every play, but he didn't have, like, the gaudy numbers. It's where, like, Garrett Cox, obviously we talked about him, you know, where he had like close to 170 total yards and five TDs. But on defense, he had like three or four tackles for loss, a sack, and like he was almost, I think, double-digit tackles. So, I mean, as good of an offensive game he had, he had a great defensive game too. So, you know, if Cordelink can limit him, now I'm leaning, I'm leaning standpoint in a close one. Okay. I'm going to go that route. I, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go the opposite way. I think you've got a couple of factors at work here. Coeur has got more depth than Sandpoint. They've got a big, strong True. offensive line that I think will match up with that front seven pretty well. And I think Coeur is gonna be motivated, right? 0-1 start to the year. They're they're not used to being on the end of a 33 to 7 game. They're usually the team that's delivering that type of performance. So I, I think the coaching staff and the players are going to have a renewed focus and um, almost like poking the bear, right? You don't you don't want to poke the bear. Um, and I think the Vikings um, win win by a couple of scores over Sandpoint. But that doesn't mean that I don't think Sandpoint is still a good team. It's just you're talking about a premier 5A program against a 4A program that just doesn't quite have the numbers. So I think I think I like. I'm saying this to play devil's advocate because I'm I'm rooting for for Goliath or for David this week against the Goliath, yeah. but they're both Goliaths. Let's be honest. Like it's kind of like one A and one B. So um, you just look at classification, though. Obviously, rooting for the the smaller class to. To knock off five, it just makes for a great storyline. Let's be honest. <laughs> right, exactly. So Ryan likes Sandpoint. I like Coeur d'Alene. 
All you fans out there, let's hear from you. We uh, are launching this week our Gridiron Game Picks on IdahoSports.com. This is the weekly contest we run every week where fans pick every single game, not just in District 1, but throughout the entire state. Every single game that's going to be played this weekend, and whoever picks the most games correctly wins 25 bucks. So uh, it's free to play, and you could walk away with 25 bucks, which is no slouch. So, uh, and more importantly, yeah. it's, it's your chance to um, prove that you, the fans, are smarter than the talking heads like me and Ryan, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, that's not saying much if you if you have a better outlook than I do, but whatever. <laughs> so, you know, for what we've talked about. Team-wise, um, I do want to give a shout-out to a few individual performances um, from this last weekend because we saw some great performances statewide, did we not? Oh, uh, fantastic. Uh, too, too many to list here. Yeah, so up in District 1, we had three that kind of stood out. I mean, and two of them, I think, kind of got a lot of mentions statewide. The first one we already talked about was Garrett Cox. You know, he had close to 170 total yards, five TDs, and then the defensive game he had. Amazing. He was our game our player of the game uh, for IdahoSports.com. I want to give a shout-out to our buddy Vander Brown at Lakeside Plumber. This is a gaudy stat line. 291 yards rushing on 21 carries and five touchdowns. Not to mention he had two huge stops on defense as well. Um, so he's one of my players of the week. And then want to give a shout-out to our man Carter McGann, wide receiver from Wallace. 107 yards receiving, two touchdowns, and 78 yards rushing in their victory over Kootenai. So those three are my uh, my my helmet sticker winners of the week, I guess we could call them. Uh, they had big weeks. Uh, Vander Brown, man, I I, I like I got to do the one A D one basketball tournament for Idaho sports. I got to watch that whole state tournament. Vander Brown may have been one of the most gritty players I saw in that entire tournament. I know that Lapway got a ton of like kudos and attaboys, but Vander Brown quietly had one of the best tournaments. And he's just one of those guys that puts his nose down and just grinds and to see him get a 291 yards rushing on 21 carries, that doesn't surprise me at all because that's just the type of kid he is um so shout out to him because man that's a whale of a ball game to have in week one so it'd be kind of exciting to see what he can follow up um against Deary this week maybe he, he gets another 200 yard game and um you know it'd be kind of exciting to see what he has his season turn out to be yeah i was doing the math while you were uh talking there that's uh, almost 14 yards a carry for vander brown in that, in that victory. so that's just nuts yeah <laughs> that's wild that's a, that's a crazy crazy game so congrats to to them and their victory this week yeah that's wild so we'll, we'll do this every week ryan you've got three helmet stickers this is the thing that uh happens in college football a lot where if a guy makes a good play or he's an mvp of the week he gets a, a pride sticker a little helmet sticker that he puts on and then by the time they're seniors you know the whole helmet's covered in stickers. So yeah, um, I mean, yeah, you smile ahead. at somebody and get a helmet sticker. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it starts to get a little, it loses some of its flair, but yeah. <laughs> right. Right. So we'll, we'll hand out three of those every week. All right. You can uh, go through and, yeah. and pick out athletes that you think merit that recognition. And I think that was a good way to start for sure. The one a schools, I think really did have the best overall um, weekend. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. What's coming up this week on IdahoSports.com Friday night? It's going to be Sandpoint against Coeur d'Alene. Ryan, you're going to have the call on that audio only broadcast, seven o'clock kickoff. Uh, and then also video broadcast this week on IdahoSports.com. The Post Falls Trojans 
make the long trip over to Rigby to take on the uh, 5A runner-up from a year ago. They looked pretty good in their season opener, Rigby did. Um, they're 1-0. Yeah. That game is going to kick a off. A rematch of an absolute barn burner last year, too. So that was a great game last year to see. And uh, I'm expecting much of the same this this week. Hopefully, we see this week. That would be a, a great game for the, the Trojans of Post Falls if they can put together a really tough one against Rigby. Yep, that's for sure. Uh, Rigby won by two last year in, in a shootout, and it was a really good game. Uh, that game will kick off at 6 o'clock uh, Pacific time, obviously, because they're 7 o'clock in, in Rigby. Uh, so 6 o'clock local time, and I, I'll be on the call for that one, Ryan, for IdahoSports.com. I'm awesome. looking forward to it. <laughs> I think it's going to be a good game. No, I'll have to catch the rebroadcast of that one after my game's over. But I do get the privilege of doing that quarter lane standpoint game from what's, in my opinion, the – coolest stadium in the state of idaho let's be honest like sandpoint's field right there on the lake is one of the coolest settings in high school football you get anywhere so i'm, I'm pretty lucky to be uh to be there for that one and it's going to be a whale of a ball game and they just got that new turf put in uh last year and yep. they kind of re- revamped the baseball and softball facilities as well so yeah it's going to be a great time and don't forget to get those gridiron game picks in on the website idahosports.com uh that'll do it for this week's edition of the north idaho prep cast again you can get the audio for this prep cast on our website idahosports.com or wherever you download your podcasts you can also get the video version uh of this on the idahosports.com youtube channel as well as our facebook page all right week one in the books we'll have plenty to talk about again next week and uh, maybe we'll find out a little bit more about some of these iel teams and where they actually stand should be a good week of football yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to it. All right. For Ryan Skaggs, I'm Brandon Bainey. Thanks for tuning in to the North Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com.